welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children all over the world. And if that be the case in your individual world, give thanks and praises to the Spirit of the living God on the inside of you for the power and strength to do so amidst all the darkness and chaos that surrounds us. And if that be not the case for some others, fret not, but learn to call upon the power of your own individual mighty I Am Presence and the assistance of all the heavenly hosts when necessary to open your hearts and minds and strengthen your resolve when it comes to loving not only your loved ones but all the children of God. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life and y'all be loved. It has been given us to know, and reason substantiates the fact, that according to the grade of development, is the nearness of the soul to the throne of the everlasting Father, so that there are in the spirit world at the present time, not only the wondrous body of Yahweh Elohim, but there are angel spirits ranking in gradatory order, from the highest sphere down to the borderland, between the mundane and the spiritual. Therefore, when Yahweh Elohim has a message to send to the sons of earth, It is sent through the angel messengers, through the spirits of just men made perfect, and we have reason to believe that it is sent from one to another, until a messenger is reached whose potentiality enables him to meet the capacity of man who is to receive the message, for there are angels so highly developed that their words would be to man, consuming fire. The ministering spirits, ministering to those among men who are sufficiently developed to receive heavenly truths and to put them into practice, have overcome and entered the realm of immortality, in other words, They are souls that are not bound to the earth's sphere, but live from the heavens. There are, however, multitudes of souls that are earthbound, that know nothing of the realities of a spirit existence, these are they that spiritualists, so-called, are dealing with, and among these earthbound souls there are as many malignant, evil-designed personalities, as there are in the physical body among men, yea, more. For when we come to deal with souls that are earthbound, we come in contact with that quality of human consciousness that is no longer restrained by culture or society, we are in touch with the impulses and passions that arise from the lower nature or a lower organism. Because of this, these earthbound souls were called by the Lord Christ, demons, devils, for as it is written, the mind of the flesh is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. These earthbound souls are at enmity with the law of God, And when a person enters into covenant relation with God, to seek God and righteousness with all his heart, and has decided to overcome generation and to live henceforth in the regeneration that he may attain immortality, these souls at once become to him pestiferous enemies to hinder, to deceive, to mislead, and to destroy. 
Thus, we find ourselves on the earth plane surrounded by dark and malignant spirits, yet these dark forces have no power at all except what is derived from the spirit of the mundane or the earthly spirit. And so far as the children of God ally themselves to the spirit of God in covenant relation, and place their hand, as it were, in the hand of God's angel, overcoming fear and following the leadings of that divine messenger, holy, to that degree they are safe. But if one desires power, honor, wealth, the gratification of the lower nature, or any of the things that attract the men of the world, and attempts to gain them through unity with these mundane souls, the angel of God will leave him at once to the unmerciful influences of the dark world, who will promise, and in part, fulfill their promise to gratify the desires of the person, and to give him the condition on earth that he desires, but with every benefit derived from that source will come many, many evils, sorrows and perplexities, until the soul is hopelessly bound and drawn out of the body, to become an associate of the dark and malignant forces to which it has yielded itself. This is a dark picture, but this fact is the cause of the old idea of a tempting devil. Remember, however, that God rules the universe and that there is no power but that which is derived from the name Yahweh, or from universal mind and will. Because of this it is said, the name Yahweh is a strong tower, the righteous runneth into it, and is safe. While we bring to light this dark side of the picture, we hope that you will not dwell upon it. We know that the world is full of darkness, temptation, deception, and all that is evil, evil because antagonistic to our hope and desire to be one with the Father, but it remains for us to hold closely to the original Christian principles, that is, consecration of our life to God and confiding trust in Him, like the trust of a little child in the arms of its parent. It is this condition of mind that has preserved the Church, notwithstanding its errors, its false doctrines. These principles have preserved its people through all the centuries down to the present. Because of their failure to maintain these principles, the angel in the Revelation said to God's people, But I have this against thee, that thou didst leave thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I come to thee, and will move thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Revelations 2-4-5 here we meet, not new doctrine, not new theories, but are brought back to the rock of ages, to the foundation laid by the Christ, 1900 years ago, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3:11. He is the only door. On the contrary, instead of presenting new doctrine, we are obeying the injunction of the Spirit by the Apostle, wherefore let us cease to speak of the first principles of Christ, and press on unto perfection. For, as the Christ said, I have many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. As the fullness of times has come and the souls of men have ripened and matured, the period when men are to come into the image and the likeness of God is at hand, and in order to bring about this image and likeness, an advance in knowledge is necessary. But, keep in mind the one thought, that Yahweh Elohim, the God of the solar system, is your ultimate, is the end that you seek, keep in mind the highest that you can conceive, and pray daily and earnestly to know the truth that you may live in harmony with it, and if you become conscious of one of the lesser heavens, learn from it, but do not desire to remain there. The Goal of Life, by Hiram Butler, 1908 Isis Unveil, Volume 2 Chapter 2 
medium of olden times, like the modern medium was subject to be entranced at the will and pleasure of the power which controlled him, therefore, he could not well have been entrusted with the awful secrets of the final initiation, never to be revealed under the penalty of death. The old sage, in unguarded moments of spiritual inspiration, revealed that which he had never learned, and was therefore put to death as an atheist. How then, with such an instance as that of Socrates, in relation to the visions and spiritual wonders at the apopti of the inner temple, can anyone assert that these seers, theurgists, and thaumaturgists were all spirit mediums? Neither Pythagoras, Plato, nor any of the later more important Neoplatonists, neither Iamblichus, Longinus, Proclus, nor Apollonius of Tiana, were ever mediums, for in such case, they would not have been admitted to the mysteries at all. As Taylor proves, this assertion of divine visions in the mysteries is clearly confirmed by Plotinus. And in short, that magical evocation formed a part of the sacerdotal office in them, and that this was universally believed by all antiquity long before the era of the later Platonists, shows that apart from natural mediumship, there has existed, from the beginning of time, a mysterious science, discussed by many, but known only to a few. The use of it is a longing toward our only true and real home, the afterlife, and a desire to cling more closely to our parents' spirit, abuse of it is sorcery, witchcraft, black magic. Between the two is placed natural mediumship, a soul clothed with imperfect matter, a ready agent for either the one or the other, and utterly dependent on its surroundings of life, constitutional heredity, physical as well as mental, and on the nature of the spirits it attracts around itself. A blessing or a curse, as fate will have it, unless the medium is purified of earthly dross. The reason why in every age so little has been generally known of the mysteries of initiation, is twofold. The first has already been explained by more than one author, and lies in the terrible penalty following the least indiscretion. The second, is the superhuman difficulties and even dangers which the daring candidate of old had to encounter, and either conquer, or die in the attempt, when, what is still worse, he did not lose his reason. There was no real danger to him whose mind had become thoroughly spiritualized, and so prepared for every terrific sight. He who fully recognized the power of his immortal spirit, and never doubted for one moment its omnipotent protection, had not to fear. But woe to the candidate in whom the slightest physical fear, sickly child of matter, made him lose sight and faith in his own invulnerability. He who was not wholly confident of his moral fitness to accept the burden of these tremendous secrets, was doomed. H.P. Blavatsky The Talmud gives the story of the four Tenim, who are made, in allegorical terms, to enter into the Garden of Delights, i.e., to be initiated into the occult and final science. According to the teaching of our holy masters the names of the four who entered the Garden of Delight, are, Ben Asai, Ben Zoma, Aker, and Rabbi Akiba. Ben Asai looked and, lost his sight. Ben Zoma looked and, lost his reason. Aker made depredations in the plantation, mixed up the hole and failed. But Akiba, who had entered in peace, came out of it in peace, for the saint whose name be blessed had said, this old man is worthy of serving us with glory. The learned commentators of the Talmud, the rabbis of the synagogue, explain that the Garden of Delight, in which those four personages are made to enter, is but that mysterious science, the most terrible of sciences for weak intellects, which it leads directly to insanity, says A. Franck, in his Kabbalah. It is not the pure at heart and he who studies but with a view to perfecting himself and so more easily acquiring the promised immortality who need have any fear, 
but rather he who makes of the science of sciences a sinful pretext for worldly motives, who should tremble. The latter will never withstand the capitalistic evocations of the supreme initiation. The licentious performances of the thousand and one early Christian sects, may be criticized by partial commentators, as well as the ancient Eleusinian and other rites. But why should they incur the blame of the theologians, the Christians, when their own mysteries of the divine incarnation with Joseph, Mary, and the angel in the sacred trilogue, used to be enacted in more than one country and were famous at one time in Spain and southern France. Later, they fell like many other once secret rites into the hands of the populace. It is but a few years since, during every Christmas week, punch and Judy boxes, containing the above-named personages, an additional display of the infant Jesus in his manger, were carried about the country in Poland and southern Russia. They were called Kaliadovki, a word the correct etymology of which we are unable to give, unless it is from the verb Kaliadovit, a word that we as willingly abandon to learned philologists. We have seen this show in our days of childhood. We remember the three king magi represented by three dolls in powdered wigs and colored tights, and it is from recollecting the simple, profound veneration depicted on the faces of the pious audience, that we can the more readily appreciate the honest and just remark by the editor, in the introduction to the Eleusinian Mysteries, who says, it is ignorance which leads to profanation. Men ridicule what they do not properly understand. The undercurrent of this world is set toward one goal, and inside of human credulity, call it human weakness, if you please, is a power almost infinite, a holy faith capable of apprehending the supremest truths of all existence. If that abstract sentiment called Christian charity prevailed in the church, we would be well content to leave all this unsaid. We have no quarrel with Christians whose faith is sincere and whose practice coincides with their profession. But with an arrogant, dogmatic, and dishonest clergy, we have nothing to do except to see the ancient philosophy, antagonized by modern theology and its puny offspring, spiritualism, defended and righted so far as we are able, so that its grandeur and sufficiency may be thoroughly displayed. It is not alone for the esoteric philosophy that we fight, nor for any modern system of moral philosophy, but for the inalienable right of private judgment, and especially for the ennobling idea of a future life of activity, and accountability. H. P. Blavatsky When the angelic host ever stand ready to transmute your world into our perfection, we will need your call. The cosmic law requires your desire to be aroused, that your desire for our perfection may be the upreaching of life that draws our perfection back to you. So, if you will desire us more intensely, we will abide with you in greater victory for you. And I wonder just how much you want to live in the realm of the angelic host. Applause, audience rising. Thank you precious ones. I am grateful for that response, because it makes me know that your heart's call to us, will enable our heart's victory to come and make you victorious over this world. Thank you, and won't you be seated please. Now as the sacred fire and its boundless blessing enfold you and go into your affairs to perfect them and make your world more magnificent, the beings that will come to fill your world will be more magnificent also. So, if you will consider yourselves children of the realm of the angels, I trust someday, not too far distant, we can thin the atmosphere of earth and let you behold those who have loved you, blessed you, and helped you along the pathway thus far. 
and then we'll show you what yet remains to be done, until the rest of mankind are compelled to see the angelic host in action with the sacred fire, as the transmutation and raising purification of the outer world goes on to the fulfillment of the great divine plan. So, whether the rest of the world understands you or believes in the angelic host, or not, is none of our concern. If I were you, I would be wholly indifferent as to anyone's belief or acceptance of these great beings of life's perfection. Live your own life. Go your own way. Stay on the pathway that leads to greater happiness, and the angelic host will ever attend you until your happiness becomes infinite, invincible, and eternal. And you then, in turn, will, looking back to mankind, seek also to awaken them until they too, enter the realm of eternal perfection. Beloved Archangel Michael May I invite you to listen sometime to the music of the angelic host. And if your higher mental body opens your hearing, and you listen once, you will understand something of what I mean, for one day that music must take the place of the human chaos and discord that mankind listens to in this world. So, as you experience the happiness of this greater perfection, the transmutation will go on and the sacred fire ever expand until the human desires that have bound mankind to darkness will have been dissolved, and the light of eternity takes its place and reveals the perfection that ever expands its blessings to life, that it may glorify the source from whence all proceed. So, I enfold you in the victory of my own heart's love, to enfold you, to strengthen you, to help you to victory, and to hold ever about you the reminder of the awareness of the angelic host's presence with you, if you want them. I commend you to their joyous comfort, their joyous company, their joyous accomplishment, and their invincible victory whenever and wherever you call the sacred fire into the physical conditions of this world. May your blessings be boundless, invincible, and eternal in the joy that raises all to freedom, forever. Thank you so much. Beloved Archangel Michael, <music>